Hello, this is the Unexpected Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Brooks. I'm a speech language pathologist who found herself unexpectedly expecting. Tune in as I update you week by week along my pregnancy journey. Episodes will also feature chats with new and expecting moms. So let's get into it. This is 16 Weeks. All right, 16 Weeks Pregnant. I feel good. I am moving soon. I'm very excited to move. Um, I'm also trying to exercise and keep my body moving. Before we talk too much about me, though, let's find out about 16 weeks in pregnancy. Sixteen weeks with a whopping weight of anywhere from three to four ounces and length crown to rump of four to five inches, your baby is growing up fast. Muscles are getting stronger and you'll start to feel movements in a few weeks, especially the back muscles, enabling your little one to straighten out even more. Your baby-to-be is looking more baby-like with a face and has eyes complete with eyebrows and eyelashes and ears in the right spots. What's more, those eyes are finally working. Yes, it's true. Your baby's eyes are making small side-to-side movements and can even perceive some light. Though the eyelids are still sealed, your baby is also becoming more sensitive to touch. In fact, he or she will squirm if you poke your belly, though you probably won't be able to feel those squirms just yet. Okay, so 16 weeks. Um, I talked in an earlier episode about the nuchal translucency uh, test. So the second part of the blood test happened this week at 16 weeks. And so far, so good. Everything looks great. Um, physically, I have some fatigue. Um, I definitely feel good. I don't feel nauseous or vomiting. Um, I've been taking fiber for constipation. I have some heartburn. Um, I do feel like my breasts are still getting larger and I do have occasional headaches. So I feel good. I do feel like I look good, but um, a part of me at times worries that uh, when I do announce that I'm afraid people will say, wow, you're that big and you're only that far in your pregnancy. Um, I mean, I spent most of my adult life not caring about what other people think, and then I got pregnant, and now I worry that people are going to say that I'm too big for my amount of weeks, and um, I don't want to care, but, like, it definitely does bother me. So, also, I mean, exercise is a good idea, and I read in Expecting Better that, you know, the bigger you are, the bigger your baby will likely be, so... The rule of the golden rule is that you want to stay at or around 30 pounds of weight gain. So all of that being said, um, I borrowed my Aunt Jessie's spin bike and I have been doing the spin bike just like 10 minutes a day. I don't want to like pressure myself. I've also been counting my steps on the flow app and I'm just trying to keep my body moving because I'm a little paranoid about uh, excessive weight gain. But I don't want to be somebody who cares that much about it. I mean, this is ice cream time, so I'm not going to be 
um, overly cautious about weight gain, but I don't want to gain an excessive amount to the extent that it could be harmful for myself or the baby. I definitely don't want to get um, uh, any sort of complications, so I'm exercising a bit. Um, but you definitely want to make sure that you don't exercise too much. So something that I read was that um, what's important about exercise is that it, it can increase your stamina, it can help your sleep, it improves your health and your mood, um, it'll give you a strong set um, of muscles for your back, and then that'll help your the back pain that you might be feeling from your body expanding. Um it's good for your muscles to stretch um, and be ready to deliver a baby. It helps with your bowels. It helps you have an easier labor. And it also helps you have a uh, more speedy postpartum recovery. So working out while pregnant is important. And I am starting to, but I want to say I'm definitely not doing it enough just yet. I do get out of breath, though. I mean, like, I feel out of breath right now just talking about it. Um, but there is a right way and a wrong way to exercise. So I loved to do handstands prior to pregnancy. And I've read, like, mixed things about whether or not I'm allowed to still do them. I've heard, yes, you can do them as long as your blood pressure is normal. And you already had it in your practice. Then I've heard, no, you shouldn't do it because it draws blood away from the uterus. So if anybody knows for sure and wants to let me know, that would be helpful. With that being said, that now you're pregnant or now that I'm pregnant, I do understand that um, I can't do all of the same exercises that I did prior to pregnancy. So um, like I mentioned, I loved handstands and I also was riding my bike all over Brooklyn and Manhattan. Um and I just don't feel safe riding my bike now that any sort of fall could really be detrimental to my baby. Um, also, the bigger you get, the um, your center of gravity changes. So it's more difficult to balance on a bike. So you have to change your exercise routine. Um, things that I see in what to expect when you're expecting. Some tips are make sure you replenish your fluids more than you would um Prior to pregnancy, uh, for every half hour of moderate activity, you will need at least a full glass of extra liquid to compensate for fluids lost through sweating. You're going to need more snacks than usual. Um, you want to stay cool. Any exercise or environment that rises the temperature of the woman um, to more than 1.5 degrees should be avoided. Um, you want to dress for exercise success, so play it cool by wearing loose, breathable, stretchable clothes. Um, put your feet first. If your sneakers are showing their age, replace them. Select the right surface. Stay off of the slopes because your growing bump will affect your sense of balance once again. So like skiing and snowboarding would be out. Anything that can cause you, like, that'll increase your likelihood of falling. Um... You're going to want to stay on ground, level ground. Stay off your back. You don't want to be on your back for too long because that can cut off some oxygen to the baby and blood flow. Um, and then you want to avoid certain moves. Um, 
such as some moms-to-be find that pointing or extending their toes can lead to cramps in their calves. If this is the case with you, and probably won't be if you're a regular at bar, flex your feet instead, turning your toes upward towards your face. Full sit-ups or double leg lifts pull on the abdomen, so they're probably not good ideas for when you have a baby on board. Also avoid any activity that requires bridging, bending over backwards, or any other contortions, um, or that involves deep flexion or extension of some joints, such as deep knee bends, jumping, bouncing, sudden changes in direction, or jerky movements. So there's a lot to be cautious of when you are uh, expecting. So I didn't expect that. I thought that you can do all the same exercises that you were used to prior to pregnancy, but mm, that does not seem to be the case. It seems like uh, walking is a great idea, swimming is a great idea, uh, Pilates and yoga, dance and aerobics, spinning is good, and um, there's also like basic pregnancy floor exercises that you can do for stretching and weight training. Um, so if you want to know more about that, there's examples in the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. It's in the chapter about the fourth month. And um, yeah, for me, I'm just walking and using the spin bike. Maybe I'll start doing some prenatal yoga because I hear that's very beneficial to you and the baby. In this episode, I am once again joined by Miss Kara O'Reilly, and we chat all about her journey with fertility. Just a reminder, if you're enjoying this show, please rate and review on iTunes. I would really appreciate it. And if you want any bonus content or if you want to support the show, check us out at patreon.com slash CCCSLP. Now on to the interview. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Unexpected Podcast. I'm Deborah Brooks, your host, and today I am joined once again by Miss Kara O'Reilly. Hi, Kara. Hello. So Kara is currently 22 weeks pregnant. In our last episode, she talked about her current pregnancy. And in this one, she's going to talk about her journey there. So let's hear all about fertility. Let's hear all about fertility. Okay. So and I know nothing. So <laughs> if well, you do any sort of acronyms, I'm going to need those Okay, we will spell it out. We're okay. I will be as specific as possible. Okay, thank you. So <laughs> the, for, the subject of fertility is very strange. I feel like no one tells you when you're like trying to have a baby, like how hard it can be like to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought I literally was going to like try one time and I'd be pregnant done. Like I, I definitely did never imagine myself like going through a journey, but so I was on birth control, the pill for like 11 years. And I went on it when I was like, I don't even know, like 16, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I had like weird periods. I would get like cramps. They told me I had like a mild case of like PCOS, whatever, mm-hmm. which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Thank um, you. You're welcome. Very good. <laughs> I got you. No acronyms. No. So then like after we got married, um, 
we wanted to start trying like a year, like after we were married, whatever. So I went off of the pill. Um, and I like wanted to like clear like my system out. So we didn't start trying like right away. So then we like started trying and I mean, a couple months went by and nothing was happening. And I was like, this is weird. And I like, wasn't really getting my period a lot. So I kept thinking like I was pregnant. Right. I wasn't getting a period, but yeah. they were all negative. So I'm like, this is weird. Right. So I would say probably like a solid like year went by with this. And um, I was like, okay, like something is obviously wrong. So I went to my gynecologist and he was like, I think that you need to go see a fertility specialist because, you know, something is obviously like you need a little help. Mm -hmm. So we go see a fertility specialist. And when you go do that, you have to go through like so many tests and everything on like Ryan's end was fine. And then like, I had to get like 14 vials of blood taken in one sitting. Like my arms were like completely black and blue. And they do this because they don't know like what's wrong. They have to find out. Right. I did this thing like called an HSG. I don't even know what that stands for to be honest. Okay. And like, if somebody did it, they know what it is. Mm -hmm. And like a FEMU, which is basically they put like, they put like, warm dye and like saline solution like all throughout your like cervix and stuff to see if your like tubes are blocked and uh-huh it it's not like the most pleasant thing i will say like right it it sucks so and then how did it feel just like so you're describing like all of these like physical demands mm-hmm. but then there must be like some mental and emotional uh yeah things happening as well so what what was that like Um, that was hard because I felt like really alone. Like, I don't feel, I feel like I didn't really know anybody that was going through something like this. So I started following like a lot of these like Instagram accounts, like there's one like while we wait and I was like reading her story and I felt like really connected to her. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's also like a very strange feeling when like your friends are all having babies and you're like, so happy for them but you're so like undeniably sad for yourself like it is a very weird mental space to be in and then you almost feel like a bad person because it's like I should be happy for them but I'm also very sad (laughs) like we're going through so much and I'm sure there are people listening who feel that way and I'm not in those shoes, but I think I would just say like, you are entitled to your resentment and your sadness and your yeah. anger and your frustration. So you're yeah. not a bad person if you're mad because like, yeah, you probably feel robbed. So I mean, it seems like you open Facebook and like every day there's like a new pregnancy announcement. Like that's literally yeah. what it felt like. Like I had almost like deactivated my Facebook account because I was like, I cannot keep seeing these. And I know that there are people that go through way more than what I have been through. Like uh-huh. I, we, I'm very well aware that people wait years and are still waiting after mm-hmm. that, go through and spend so much money. So I'm like very sensitive to that, but I feel like, you know, like obviously this is like my like story and journey with it. Exactly. 
So I got the blood work back and it turns out that I like, and was not ovulating like on my own, which also turns out why I wasn't getting a period. Right. Um, so we decided that the best course of action was to take like two different types of medicine, um, Provera, which like gives you a period and then Letrozole, which like helps you ovulate basically. Mm hmm. Um, and then we were going to schedule an IUI, which is basically like insemination, like it's a step below IVF. And what that is, is basically they like inject like the sperm, like into you, you have to take, like, you have to get like shots in your abdomen, then get the IUI and then you have to wait and see if it worked. So mm. it's a much less invasive process than an than IVF, but it is still like a fertility treatment. Okay. So we were like, okay, like we're ready. Like, let's do this. Like, let's do the IUI. I got the medicine that I needed to take. Um, right. I was going to schedule it. And then COVID happened. Yeah. And so like, was and, this like March? This was, yeah, this was, okay. this was probably the end of March, April that I was going to do this for. Okay. So <laughs> like I was going to schedule it in the middle of April and then COVID happened. And like, I just felt like everything was put on hold and I was so like mentally prepared. Like this is going to work. This right. is the right time. So now that's not happening. So now it's like, let's say like May and I have these two, like the Provera and the Letrozole literally sitting like on my counter. Cause I got the medicine ready to do the IUI. Right. Yeah. So I'm like staring at this like CVS bag for like two months of this medicine. And I just like thought to myself, I'm like, what if I took this medicine on my own? We tried like on our own and right. without the IUI, without the shots, like, let's just see what happens. So I call my doctor. I don't suggest like taking fertility treatments. Right. Like, <laughs> just like we're speech pathologists. We are not doctors. <laughs> we are not doctors. I don't condone just like doing what you think is right. Like call make sure. So I called my fertility specialist and I told him like my plan, like yeah. what's going to happen if I do this? And he right. was like, like, I love him. He was very, he's like, if you want, like, it's mm -hmm. probably not going to work, but like, right. go ahead and try it. So this is in May, right? So mm -hmm. the beginning of May or middle, whatever. So I, I take the pills, I got my period, I take the ovulation thing, I got the ovulation predictor, I'm ovulating, everything is wonderful. We tried like that whole week, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I take a pregnancy test and it's negative. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, all right, I was ovulating, I took this medicine, we definitely like tried as much as possible something is probably wrong now. Like now I'm getting like a little more concerned than I was. Like I was very surprised that it didn't work. Uh -huh. um, but it was the first time. I know it yeah. was the first time, yeah. but I'm a very like instant like gratification. Yeah. Person. Oh like, yeah, I me go, too. Yeah, yeah. Like if I go to the gym one time, like I want to look like I'm 10 pounds lighter. Like, what do you mean I have to keep going back to the yeah. gym? <laughs> like, not about. I want to wake up skinny. Like literally like I do one crunch and I don't have abs. Like that's annoying to me. Yeah. Nonsense. So I'm like, it was, I wasn't like panicking, but I was just like, huh, like I'm surprised. I thought that was going to work. So then, like I mentioned before, um, my husband got a new job and he had to go like for training and we actually ended up having to move. 
so we had a discussion and we're like, okay, so something's got to give here, like new job, new house, like something needs to go on the back burner and it was going to be our fertility treatments. Um, so the day before he, this is uh, father's day, actually, I just think this year was like June 29th or something. Um, the day uh-huh. before he left for his business trip, obviously like I'm not seeing my husband for a couple weeks, whatever. So then he goes on the trip and it turns out that taking those pills, the Provera and the Letrozole in May, kickstarted an ovulation cycle in June that I didn't know about. Ah. And I was ovulating that day that the day before he left for Omaha that we just happened to like have sex. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, makes sense. Cause you're like, it's going to be a while. Yeah. Like I'm not going to see you like, obviously like, it, but like no thought of like trying, like it wasn't like that. It was right. Yeah. We stopped trying. Yeah. So it literally was so like meant to be. That's why I was so surprised taking the pregnancy test because I didn't even think I could ovulate on my own. I mm-hmm. fully pre- was prepared to go through like so much more treatment. Right. Yeah. So it, yeah, it like, it just, the days just like worked out. It's cra- and Wonderful. I, I, that's why when you say like, is it, do you still like other days where you don't really feel pregnant? Like, yes. Cause I'm still in shock. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it worked. <laughs> it's so, yeah, I know. So. And it was just like your idea. Yeah. Like you weren't even, that wasn't even like the doctor's plan. I mean, like, that's what I said. I'm like, if it doesn't work, I'll just buy the pills again. And then we'll do the IUI. Like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, let me just Mm -hmm. try it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I guess like just taking those pills, like kickstarted something that wasn't working Mm -hmm. and it just so happened to be like that weekend or that day. And, uh, here we are. Wonderful. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And is there anything like that you have to say to anyone listening who's still trying or just anything that like would have helped you or any advice that you had in terms of finding doctors and where to yeah. go and what was that like? Um, I would say first, like the journey of like infertility, like fertility, whatever, it can be like a very lonely one if you let it. Mm -hmm. So like there were days that like were bad where my husband literally had to pick me up like off of the bar floor. Mm -hmm. Like don't get me wrong. Like there are days that are really low, but, um, allow the people surround like around you to support you and talk about it. Um, find a doctor that you like, that you trust and don't like, I don't wait. Like we didn't wait. Like I know, like I said, there's people that try for years, but you know, for us, it was a year. And I was like, I don't want to wait. Like something is obviously not working. So if right. you feel in your gut that like, you know, you might need a little bit of like, in, if in the end you are also told that you two need a little bit of help, like that's okay. Right. But, and you're going to see a side of people that you wouldn't like, my husband was so supportive. My mom was so supportive. My friends, like, even though people can't like share your journey, like they are there for you and genuinely care. Mm -hmm. 
So, and if you don't have those people in your life, find them, like find an Instagram account that with someone who's going through something similar. Right. Talk to. There's a lot more people than you think that go through this. I will say that. I'm sure there's probably Facebook groups too. Yeah. There's like a ton of like support groups, like, and then once you start telling your story, there's going to be people that are like, oh yeah, I went through that too. Or, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. I know so-and-so like it really is like way more common than you think. Like don't feel alone because you're not, even though, trust me, I know it's hard not to, but there are people there that understand, like truly understand. Right. Absolutely. Um, And I hope that people listening, you find those people. And I've heard people say, oh, I felt so like guilty, like my body was failing me or like I felt like less of a woman. And I just hope that anyone who who is in this tough situation and and might have those like negative thoughts, just knowing that there are people out there who have been through this and they can help you and and yeah. you're not alone. I would hate that. I feel so bad thinking about it. I know. Like I've been following this account like from the beginning and like her and her husband are like still trying and like mm-hmm. it's t- it really makes you like so mentally strong and it is hard not to like blame yourself but don't and listen this is like what like my dad would say when like I was telling him this whole thing like if you want a family like you will find a way to have a family whether that's you know adopting or whatever if you have to do IVF like a couple of times of that like there are ways and it might not be the easiest way to get there or the like least expensive because fertility treatments can add up Mm -hmm. but you know I think that when it does happen it's just going to be like that more special so yeah it's and it's a story to tell and then you'll help someone and like like I wish I had someone that you know I like I wish I had someone who could say this to me like two a year ago when I was Mm -hmm. like going through this stuff but yeah like I said there's definitely people out there that understand don't feel like it's just you because once you put yourself out there and open up you're gonna find that a lot of people feel the same way yes exactly Well, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate both of the episodes that you did. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so Kara also works with uh, middle school aged speech and language uh, students. So if you have any questions, do you have a a speech specific Instagram or anything that you wanted to plug if anyone wanted to reach out to you? I don't have a speech specific one, but I can do like my personal one. Is that Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. I just didn't know. I just want you to share what you're comfortable with. Let's see. If anybody wants to follow my really interesting life. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, (laughs) I do. I follow you. I know. I've been following you forever. (laughs) Thanks. Um, So it's Kara, K-A-R-A-A, and then underscore. And then it's Michelle with three L's. So M-I-C-H-E-L-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. So and her most recent post is Winnie. I smell a child. Oh like yeah, I had my little Halloween uh, shirt on. Yes, that's a good one. I liked that. Well done. Thank you very much for having me. This was awesome. Really, I appreciate it. Absolutely, I appreciate you doing this show. 
Yeah, this is amazing. This is so fun. I can't wait to like listen to everyone's stories. Yeah. Unexpected Podcast is recorded and produced by Deborah Brooks and is sponsored by the Sit Down with Mike Racine Podcast, SLP's Wine and Cheese Podcast, and the Dad Show with Mike Racine Podcast. For more unexpected content, head over to www.patreon.com slash Deborah Brooks CCC SLP. If you love the show, I'd appreciate a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>